Hey y'all, welcome back to season five of the Melanated Faith podcast. I am so excited to be back with you all. If you're new here, my name is Faith Brooks Innes, and I'm just really excited for us to have you back to listen in to what we're going to talk about this season. So we know we took an extended hiatus, a long break, and in the podcast world, it's probably not the best decision because you're supposed to keep the momentum going for your listeners and keep people like super engaged and interested. Um, but truth be told, over here, we really wanted to practice what we preach and we need to tend to our homes and our lives. So Catherine, before we get started, how are you doing? Welcome back, sis. Um, it feels good to be back with each yeah, other. Yeah, no, it's great to be back. I want all of our listeners to catch that like subtle change of how Faith introduced herself. I know she just was trying to slide past that Brooks Innes, <laughs> but yes, Faith, we've had some big life changes, I think, since the last time we recorded. Um, obviously, Faith got married, and she's going to talk a lot more about that. But I just want to say publicly, congratulations. I'm so excited for you and this new season of life. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, just making it. Like, I just am happy to be here. I'm happy to be with you guys. Um, I think big life updates. I started a PhD program, um, and... It's exciting, and I'm really thrilled about all the things I'm learning. But, you know, I it's a lot. It's a lot. And then I don't know if I, we talked about this, but um, my dad received a cancer diagnosis, and so I have moved back to Dallas to help with my parents. And so, yeah, just, like, balancing all the different responsibilities that I have and also being a caregiver or helping to be a caregiver. Yeah, it's been a struggle, but I have found moments of joy and laughter in between. And so today I can say I am doing well. So, okay, Faith, your update. I'm so excited. Um, well, first, Catherine, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to call you Dr. Catherine Freeman. I'm so <laughs> excited. When you were like, I'm going back to school. I was like, yes. I'm super, super excited. Um, you all, Catherine is so brilliant. So obviously this is going to be an amazing like phase of life for her as she learns and grows and just whatever you do, whatever you do with your degree, wherever life takes you, like I'm so excited to see what that looks like. And I'm yeah. always rooting for you. So I'm just, I'm really thrilled um, about that. But I um, personally am doing well. Lots of life change over here. Got married. We eloped very quietly with her parents, and um, we didn't even talk about it on social media for a few months. So it was like two months, and then I was like, oh, I'm married, been married for a little bit now. <laughs> Y'all, go stuck. Face, face, uh, face Instagram page. She looked beautiful. When you did finally post pictures, that dress... Sis, you looked amazing. Y'all go find those pictures. She looked amazing. Thank you. It was so much fun. Like, we just did it really simply. And we still want to have, like, a celebration one day. We just really had to talk about, like, what do we want to do? What do we want to prioritize with our finances? What do we want our future to look like? And we really settled on buying a house. And that's what we wanted to make happen. And so now I'm recording in my empty closet in our new house that we bought. And um, yeah, I'm just so excited. Um, it's a really cool, fun phase of life. But also with all of this change, 
getting married comes with a lot of, of changes. And so I'm just kind of learning how to embrace the new and um, grieve some of the things that I'm used to, like just picking up and going whenever I want to go, however I want to go. <laughs> it's different because I have somebody else in my life to consider and for us to like learn how to, you know, congeal together and do these things. So I was telling somebody when you get married in your 30s, it's beautiful because you know yourself so well and it's a big adjustment because you also have somebody else to consider and you've both been living these like very independent lives and now you have to make it like, you know, mold it into something that the both of you are creating together, that you're co-creating. So anyways, lots of change and, you know, all the seasoned married people, I'm always open ears, like, you know, advise me, um, give me life advice. So, but today we want to talk about um, relationships, dating and relationships. And let me just say, Catherine, the Queen Bee's new album has been on repeat, okay? It is the album to me, okay? It's been my album for fall. It is like dance, love, laughter. It's been all those things on repeat for me. Yeah. Oh, you know, already for me, it's the same. Like, I just, I think it's like one of those things where it's just like, she just is so intuitive. She knows us so well. Like, after two and a half years, I mean, obviously, pandemic is still going. Like, please still be safe. But I think just sort of that, like, yeah, I'm like, um, that sort of like hibernation period. Like, I think she just knew we'd like, okay, we're starting to reemerge. We want to dance. We want to laugh. We want to fall in love. We want to have fun. And she just nailed it on a 10. Yes, absolutely nailed it. Like the, just ugh, everything. So I'm, I'm listening to the album nonstop, but as we think about relationships and all this stuff, we've talked about all sorts of different topics when it comes to relationships, but I was on Instagram recently and I saw this post by a therapist and her name is Dr. Camden, or that's what she goes by on um, social media. And so we were both raised in church, so I'm sure you and I have heard of a lot of different things, but I haven't heard this specific language. It's called the spiritual barometer myth. And I don't know if you've heard about it, but Dr. Camden talked about it. And I thought this is fascinating. So she basically shares that the spiritual barometer myth says that what matters most is a person's virginity, that purity is used to measure faith and to judge how good of a Christian someone is compared to others. So she lists different examples of this. And um, as y'all are listening, you know, feel free to talk back with us. Um, but she says things like, Christians who are virgins before marriage are usually considered stronger in their marriage. This is the spiritual barometer myth um, that premarital sexual abstinence is a sign of spiritual maturity. And then this is one of the last ones that she shared. She shared a ton more examples to so go look on Instagram. But um, if somebody claims to be a Christian, but I know they had premarital sex, I start to question their status as a believer. Fascinating. Yeah. Catherine, tell yeah. me your no, thoughts. Yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't heard of that. And I but I do think that that's true. I think it's stated in a lot of situations implicitly more than explicitly, sometimes explicitly. This idea that like, yeah, the most especially for women, it is interesting that men do not get the same message. Right. So that's like a whole like gendered thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like so that for women, the most important thing, if you're a Christian woman, is that you are pure for your husband when you get married. Meanwhile, men get boys will be boys, even in the church. Right. So like the idea that we 
measure just women's spiritual maturity by purity. It feels like we're not that committed to purity as a Christian value or virtue, just in sort of policing women's bodies. And then, like, yeah, to, to, to tie that sort of policing instinct to some sort of idea about spiritual maturity. Yeah, I think that's... I, yeah, I had not heard of that. But yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to me. It does. And I think I've heard these types of statements, but I didn't even know that there was um, like language for it, a name for it, like right? this spiritual barometer myth. I find it fascinating that just like you're saying, it really is tied a lot of times to gender because I do not hear this kind of conversation happening with men. Like, you know, how I, even in church, how it was always interpreted was men have a higher sex drive. And so, you know, kind of like boys will be boys. But what matters to them is that you yeah. are a virgin. And yeah. I was always thinking to myself, that does not make sense. Why are we teaching people this? Like, why are we teaching people this? So because of that and seeing that statement as we talk about relationships, because Newsflash, everybody should know this. If you don't know this, I hope you know it today. Relationships are far more than sex. Sex is not the cornerstone of what makes a relationship great. And so it's a factor in a relationship, but it's not the entirety. So Catherine, what do you think, in your opinion, the church misses by focusing more on abstinence and neglecting to teach other skills that you need for healthy relationship just in life, like communication skills, conflict resolution, self-awareness, healing your own inner trauma, like going to therapy. Like, what are some of your thoughts about these things? Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I want to say one thing, too, about, like, my previous comments. I do think the sort of boys will be boys is a really low view of men. I think it hurts them as much as it hurts us. And I don't know if we've talked about that here before. But this sort of idea that for men, you have no responsibility to control your sex drive or any of that, it, it kind of gets you into this, like, women are to blame for your lack of self-control. And I feel like self-control is not a gendered issue. And as human beings, like we all need self-control because if you can't, I had a friend, actually a guy friend told me, told me this, like, if you cannot control yourself as a single person, when you get married, like you've never learned to like control those appetites. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm married now. So now I'm not going to look at other women and I'm not going to want to have sex with other women or I'm not going to have. So he's like, you know, you have to think about, you know, part of it is in your singleness too, is like, what kind of husband do I want to be? Like, I don't want to be the kind of husband where my wife is like, oh my gosh, I have to watch for him because he can't control himself because boys will be boys. So I wanted to say that. I think the church misses a lot. I mean, relationships, like you said, are more than sex. I think also too, you set people up for disappointment. I can't tell you how many married friends or just people in general, women in particular, have said, you know, I was told that, you know, I was promised that if I was a virgin and I got married, we would have this like perfect marriage. And that's not the case. One, because sex and intimacy is much harder. And so you, it's hard to like um, shut that off. But then, yeah, these sort of other things about what does it mean to be compatible? How do you, to your point, how do you merge lives together? How do you, you know, I have he has unresolved trauma. I have unresolved trauma. And I think, I feel like instinctively, you know, that in every other relationship, right? Like in relationships with friends or, you know, you work at these things. And I feel like for the church, the focus on sort of abstinence and purity, I think sometimes we miss the other things that are just required to be in a good relationship. 
period. And so, yeah, I do think it it, it misses out. And I think sometimes it, it, it does set people up for disappointment. But I think that's one of the things I recognize now as an older person. I definitely think, you know, as a young person, I was like, oh, you know, if I'm like perfect little Susie, like I'll get this sort of fairy tale, like dream relationship. And it just is one of those things where we have a prosperity gospel of relationships in the church particularly when it comes to abstinence, like be abstinent and God will bless you with the best. So, yeah, I love that you said that. That is so good. And honestly, like that prosperity gospel, that like statement of like, it's, you know, if you do that, everything is just going to be perfect. It's just going to be right. Like it is so misleading. And when I was reading the spiritual barometer myths, I was like, you know what? Thank God my parents didn't say things like that to me. But if that was the case, I, for some people, that that is what they heard at church and at home or whatever, I can understand how so many of the people in the university that I went to and other places um, where marriage was highly encouraged, why they got divorced so quickly. Yeah. It all makes sense because you're not prepared to actually have a healthy relationship with a person with communication with regulating your own emotions all that is focused on is if you don't have sex you will be blessed when you get married and what a disappointment for people I know I know it's really sad I mean you were yeah you're setting people up because it's I think it's so much more to that and then you know there's no like with anything in life and I think one thing we you learn the older you get as as a Christian you know one plus one doesn't always equal two in the kingdom of God. Sometimes it equals four. Sometimes it's negative two. And so this idea that like, yeah, because I was pure when I got married, I'm going to have a husband that respects me, that supports me, that I'm getting to support him, that we have this certain kind of life is not, it's not how things work in the kingdom. Hey everybody, Faith here. I wrote a new book called Remember Me Now, A Journey Back to Myself and A Love Letter to Black Women. This is my story. This is the journey where I am sharing the highs of my life and the lows and how I was able to overcome them. And I'm encouraging my sisters along the way. I want everyone to go get this book. You can pre-order it now. And it is also available January 17th, 2023. Um, so Faith is someone who's newly married. What are some things that you learned um, before marriage about yourself that have helped you in your relationship and also some things you wish you had known? Oh, my goodness. So things that I'm grateful that I knew before, I would say, is that marriage is not a fairy tale and that you're not going to have just this like fairy tale life of, you know, it's just going to be all sunshine and rainbows. So I'm glad I went into marriage knowing that it was not going to be all sunshine That's and good. rainbows and that I needed to communicate. Now, what marriage has been that is like, oh, I was not expecting that or, oh, my gosh, there, this is harder than I expected. I would say is when people say you have to communicate in marriage I was like, yeah, communicate, obviously. Like, I, I was like, this, <laughs> you, duh, like, I'm a social worker. You know, you study this stuff. Yeah, you have to communicate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is, it is like communication on steroids, okay? And it's not only just, like, the, the communication with your words. It's, like, body language. It's day oh, yeah, in, 
day out, you can say something and the other person, if they don't respond right away or their body language is, you know, shifts or does something, then in your mind, it's like, did you hear what I said? Did you not hear what I said? How did you feel about what I said? You know, are we on the same page here? Like there's just so many forms of communication within a marriage. And I don't think I was um, as prepared for how to navigate um, verbal and nonverbal communication from him and even in myself, right? It's yeah. also a mirror. So you have somebody that's kind of seeing you at your best and your worst all the time. And you realize that you might have some some more worse days than your best days when you're when you're interacting with somebody constantly that's seeing you in your most like vulnerable state, you know. And so um, I've learned a lot about that. And I I mean, obviously, till till I die, I will be learning the the ebbs and flows of communication with my spouse yeah. and what that looks like as we learn one another. Also, layering on top of that. We got married and everything, you know, in our lives were new, new, new um, city, new job, new friends, like everything changed at the same time. And I, I just don't think that you can underestimate the weight of life change as well um, that goes into um, being married, especially when you're shifting proximities, comfort zones, etc. So there's been a lot of like beauty in it and sometimes grief too because you're kind of like oh man like how I used to you know maneuver about or do this or do that or whatever like it's a totally new thing and so I've talked to other friends that are newly married and all of us kind of talk about this thing of how you're so excited for this new thing but how it is a big adjustment and how there's a lot of like love and excitement and grief as you navigate what was that was great but also what is now that's really beautiful and it takes a lot of effort from two people to continue to like forge this healthy bond and so yeah I mean I think for me personally like I've been loving marriage but also like marriage is humbling like you gotta stay prayed up okay like you gotta stay prayed up <laughs> you have to like I am you know really seeking the Lord to continue to guide me you gotta let your pride down like if you I mean it really is like that work of humility and like seeking the Lord and it's also really beautiful too so I think honestly in any situation you're in there's pros and cons like yeah and, and I say pros and cons as in like, there's things where you might, there's things as a single person, I just did not have to work at that I have to now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you're, yeah, you're in a different stage. And I like that. I mean, I love what you said about like, kind of going into it, like um, with a less kind of idealized view of it, how that was helpful. But even with that, there were things that you were unprepared for. And I just love that, like, yeah, like grieving sort of the former things too because I think people always think oh you know your life as a single person was like terrible but y'all faith was a jet setter in and out dipping <laughs> I had a great single life love that okay love that for me um so yeah it is an adjustment like I you know I've told people like it is it is definitely um you know an adjustment and so like I would want to know from you you know Catherine as we talk about like 
communication we've been talking about this overemphasis on sex and abstinence how misleading that can be and how much work you know marriage is and all that other stuff what do you feel like is the most difficult part of like navigating relationships during this like endemic and like managing all the things like career school life etc like how do you even like make space for the the possibilities like it's a lot It's hard. I mean, I will say this is the thing. I think when I was younger, again, going back to this idea of like, okay, I'm sure you've heard this. I don't know if you've heard this, but I know our listeners have heard this. If you are so focused on your thing and he's on your focus on the thing that God called you to do and he's focused on the thing God called him to do, it's just going to come together because you're focused on God. And girl, no, no, no. Maybe... 20 there's years a, ago. There are like but, literally some people who still believe that and they still haven't found their person. It's not because you have to. And I don't think that it says anything about a lack of faith in God. If you're on dating apps or if you are like actively like I am trying to get married. So I'm trying to put myself in a position to do that. And I would say one thing for me is like, I think the thing that I've realized, or like, I wish I would have known earlier. I wish I would have known this in my twenties that like, if you have if you want to get married, you have to put yourself in a position to do that. So, like, you cannot, like, every weekend, you know, work or, like, you know, like, you have to treat it kind of like a job. I mean, I that sounds terrible, but, like, I mean, let's – you have to be intentional about it, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah. you know – And I think not being afraid to put yourself out there, right? So, like, you go to Bible study or you're at church on Sunday and you see a guy that's cute. Like, make a move. Or, like, put yourself in his path. And I think women are taught, oh, that's manipulative. Like, if Mm -hmm. he doesn't notice you. But, ladies, in 2022, for those of us who are single, and maybe even those for those of us who are not, how often... Did you just end up on a date or in a relationship with someone where like literally you put in no effort? And I think that is sort of in telling this like romanticized version. Yeah, we trip a lot of I think trip a lot of women up. And I think I myself have been tripped up. It's like, oh, you know, if I, you know, I've been focused on my career and, you know, doing school and it's like, that's fine. And there's no knock on that as someone who's a career woman and who is an intellectual like. Don't hear me say that that's, like, a problem. But also wanting to get married, like, I have to do something. So, like, you know, dating apps, like, going to, like, sporting events, like, mm-hmm. you know, and I and, and doing those things, I still have my criteria, right? So, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, if I go to, like, a you know, a bar and a guy, like, talks to me, like, that doesn't obligate me to, like date him in any sort of way right but it is putting yourself in a position to like have conversations and meet people that you wouldn't otherwise meet if I just stuck to my regular routine because I will be honest I most like most of my friends are women I you know and so and now as I'm older most of my friends are already married so it's like if I want to not be single like I have to um, put in some effort as well. And I just think also, too, like, faith that works is dead. Girl, you oh, get yeah. out there. <laughs> get out, you know, and, like, don't make let people make you feel bad about... I heard this pastor, like, going off on dating apps and how it's, like, so bad and superficial. And I'm just like, you've been married for 20 years. And I exactly. just think... Exactly. I just think, you, you know, like, we're in a different time. 
And that's fine. But don't try to spiritualize that you're so much more spiritually mature because you met your wife on a mission trip or whatever. And that people who Christians that meet on dating apps are bad because, you know. So don't spiritualize your preferences. That is not about dating or relationships, but don't spiritualize your preferences. I completely agree with that. And I think the thing that people miss is that we just live in a different time in like our country in this century. Like everything's just different. Like you, you have to be more cautious as a woman. Um, the world is not as kind to women, especially black women. You have to be overprotective of yourself. You have to, you have to navigate much different waters and layers than there was back in the like, you know, old days or whatever, when people, how people were meeting, like people these days don't want to get married young. People these days sometimes just, you know, want to do what they want to do. They saw their parents get divorced and they don't want to be in a committed relationship. Like it's a lot different than it was before. And the truth is, is that unless you find yourself out there, putting yourself out there, working to do that, you probably will not meet someone because we are in the age of the internet. People do most of their interaction online with people. They're with people, but they're not with people. People have their clicks, all this other stuff. Some people in the church, certain men aren't as trustworthy. And so, you know, I mean, come on. At the end of the day, like, no, what, yeah, that's true. What, are, what are the options? You know what I mean? So yeah. this is when it's really important to network and to begin to like, Ask your friends if somebody knows somebody, knows somebody, that knows somebody. That would be great for your friend. I mean, it doesn't hurt to try. So um, I truly do believe faith without works is dead and you got to network for your people, pull up for them. I'm constantly asking my friends like, hey, who do you who do you like? What are you interested in? What are you, what are you looking for? Like if I hear of something or I know somebody like I can introduce you, you know, like it just doesn't hurt to do those things. And, and yeah. I, don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I think that's so good because I do think like the married people kind of sit back and they're like, oh, man, it's so rough out there. And it's like, sweetie, I know. Like, that's not helping me. Do you know anybody? That would be helpful. Set a sister up instead of. Exactly. I don't need anyone else to commiserate with because my single friends, we got it. Pull up for us and set us up with your cousin, your coworker. You You know, look around, help a sister out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, don't complain about the game. Help me win the game. Okay. I don't need you out there being like, oh, yeah, it's a tough quarter. No, help me get the touchdown. Help help (laughs) me get the W. Okay. Yes. That was a great analogy. I love it. Yeah. We do sports here, too. (laughs) You know, we can we can hang. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I hope that this kind of can spark some conversations. I would love to know from you all who are listening, um, if you've heard of some of these statements, um, if you've heard of the spiritual barometer myth, if that is, if those statements have been harmful to you, um, and how you've navigated that, like we want this podcast in this space to be a place where we can talk about these topics that can be hard uh, but we also want it to be a place of encouragement for you as well so you know let us know your thoughts on this episode we'd love to hear from you guys we're so excited for season five this season we are going to be thinking or rethinking 
our thoughts on issues that maybe we wish someone had told us in our 20s. Like, girl, I wish you would have told me. I wish I would have known. Um, I think now in our 30s, being able to look back on our 20s and being thankful for that decade and the things that God did um, and the lessons that we learned hopefully have helped us to be wiser and smarter as we enter into this new decade. But we also don't want our sisters and our families making the same mistakes that we did. So we thought we would spend a season reconsidering different topics, dating, career, friendships, church. We're going to talk about it all. So we'll hope you will join us on this journey. Thanks, y'all. We cannot wait for this season and for y'all to laugh and cry with us and enjoy all of this. We would love for you to join us over on Patreon if you just feel like you want to support the podcast um, and just to see this work flourish. Share this podcast with a friend or people that you know who might want to listen in. And um, we're excited to see you next time for the next episode. Bye, guys.